Hello and welcome to TGen Talks. I'm Mark Moran. Coronavirus, officially known as Coronavirus Disease 2019, or COVID-19 for short, is getting a lot of attention these days, both in the press and from health organizations in the U.S. and abroad. COVID-19 is a respiratory illness that spreads from person to person, and its impact on daily life is making it public health enemy number one. Joining me to discuss COVID-19 is Dr. David Engelthaler, co-director of TGen North, TGen's pathogen microbiome division in Flagstaff, Arizona, that just announced the launch of a genomic-based test for COVID-19, and their collaborative work with the Arizona Department of Health Services to test for and identify pockets of COVID-19 across the state. TGen's testing uses RNA analysis to confirm the existence of the virus, and if present, TGen scientists then sequence the genome to identify the particular strain, where it came from, and how it's moving and mutating. Dr. Engelfuller, welcome. Mark, it's great to be here. Let's start by placing this outbreak in perspective. There's been a lot of media coverage about COVID-19. Help us separate the fact from the fiction. What should we know? What should we be concerned about, if we should be concerned, and if so, to what degree? With this COVID-19 outbreak, what we call the, the novel coronavirus, really starting to spread around the world, we certainly do have reason to be concerned. Uh, this is a highly infectious pathogen, spreads really easily between people, and has really significant effect on certain parts of the population, the elderly, those with other pre-existing conditions like lung disease and heart disease. So it really is important, but it is important to keep it in perspective too. If we think about this, this is almost like dropping in a brand new flu season on top of our existing flu season. If we didn't know about flu and all of a sudden it showed up the way that it normally does and we see tens of millions of cases and tens of thousands of deaths, we'd think it's the worst thing ever. Hopefully that's not what we see here with coronavirus. It is what we'll see every year with flu. We may start to see coronavirus acting like another flu virus. COVID-19. What do we know about it? What is it? Where did it start? How did it start? COVID-19 is this new coronavirus disease that's really spread by the new novel coronavirus, which has also been called SARS-CoV-2. It is essentially very similar to SARS, uh, which is a type of a coronavirus. Coronaviruses are, are typically things that we know about that we spread as the common cold between humans. But these new viruses, the SARS virus and this new COVID-19 virus, these are animal viruses. And they, when they get into humans, they act a little bit differently. They're not adjusted to us and we're not adjusted to them. So here we, we're thinking about a new virus coming into us. We're seeing a lot of fatalities because we're looking at the most severe cases but it's more likely going to be spread a lot like the common cold and probably have a lot of disease like the common cold, mild respiratory disease or even mild pneumonia. Uh, so we, we don't know the full expanse of the disease. Uh, we do know that it is pretty significant and easily spread. TGen has developed a test. Tell me about that and tell me about how it works. Is this a simple saliva test or do you need a blood sample? TGen quickly developed a test when the first genomic data was made available in, in about mid-January. And by the end of the month, we had developed several tests that actually look for very specific parts of the genome that give us a lot of accuracy. It's called a PCR test, and that's where we amplify um, very specific pieces of the genome over and over, and then we could say whether or not that organism is there or it isn't. So it gives us a lot of specificity and a lot of accuracy. 
these types of tests are essentially what the CDC developed and what others are developing around the world. And they really look at um, respiratory samples. So thinking about the kind of the nasal swabs that people have been hearing about, that's the, the primary sample type we want to look at. And if the virus is present uh, in that patient, it's usually picked up in that sample type. And the TGen test can um, definitively determine whether or not the virus is in that sample. Taking a nasal swab or a nasal pharyngeal swab is a very common thing that healthcare providers do to look for influenza or strep. And in this particular case, it's very useful for looking for coronavirus. It's a swab that goes really down deep uh, into the, past the nasal cavity and, and, and actually swabs the pharynx. You get a lot of respiratory material that way. We can actually take that swab extract the genetic material out of that. That takes about a half an hour to an hour to process. And then we get it uh, into our PCR machines, which can give us results back in about 45 minutes. The whole process really takes less than an hour and a half. But when we're testing lots of samples, we're doing dozens to hundreds of samples at a time. We're talking about a 24-hour turnaround time. What's the timeline for launching the TGen test? As of March 11th, we have FDA allowance to use our test in a CLIA-certified lab. So it is essentially um, FDA has been allowing for more tests to get out there quick, quickly if they meet certain benchmarks. We have absolutely met all those benchmarks and, and proven the, the accuracy of the test, uh, the analytical performance of the test. And, and now we can um, go ahead and use it for uh, patient sampling in TGen's CLIA lab. Speaking of which, also as of March 11th, we have CLIA certification for a lab that is 100% dedicated to coronavirus testing. And we're using this now today to support the state's public health response here in Arizona uh, and, and doing community screening, looking for the pr presence of virus circulating around in different communities in the state, as well as doing direct testing of patients that are at high risk for possible coronavirus disease. CLIA testing has been talked about a lot recently in the media. Uh, it's essentially a certification that allows for a laboratory like ours to be able to handle patient specimens, carefully analyze them, and then provide information back to a physician. These are federal regulations that essentially prevent just any lab from doing testing. You have to do it under very rigorous uh, controls and, and quality maintenance, and we've been able to put that in place in the TGen lab. You're listening to TGen Talks. I'm Mark Moran. We're discussing COVID-19 today, the coronavirus, and we're joined by Dr. David Engelfaller, who is co-director of TGen North, TGen's Pathogen and Microbiome Division in Flagstaff. Dr. Engelfaller, who's TGen testing, and is this test publicly available? TGen is working directly with state and local public health officials, as well as the larger healthcare providers, to make sure that the tests that we have can be used on the, the most likely patients and the patients that need to be tested. So we are, don't have our shingle out saying, send in your samples directly to us. We are working through the public health response, uh, it, but we are making sure that the test gets to those who need it. What does that test look for? Is it different from other tests that are available? The TGen test was designed very similar to the CDC test, which has proven to be incredibly accurate and our test has shown the same. We've done side-by-side -side comparisons. We're very satisfied with the, the performance. The great thing about TGen is the gen in TGen, the genomics. As soon as we identify any 
uh, presumptive positive samples, we can essentially put those samples straight into our genomic sequencing laboratory, sequence out the whole genome, and better understand the virus. We can look to see where virus, the virus strains are coming from, how they're moving around the community, which ones are more related to others, and watch and understand this uh, new pathogen as it evolves in, in front of us. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about what TGen is doing with the state of Arizona. What sort of work are you involved in there? For the past several weeks, TGen has been working very closely with the Arizona Department of Health Services and a couple of the large healthcare providers in the state to make sure that we can look for the, the virus circulating in our community. So we devised a, a strategy of taking groups of samples that w have already tested negative for influenza and for other respiratory pathogens and test those in the in the TGen lab using the TGen test to see if we can identify any virus circulating coronavirus in those samples. That'll give us an understanding if the virus is here, where where it actually is, and is it expanding in certain regions. How many tests can you run a day? Is there a shortage of the TGen test? This is a, a really important point that a lot of people have been hearing about the shortage of tests because it's really only been restricted to the CDC test run at the state laboratories. Uh, recently, the FDA has, has made allowances for some of these other tests that are definitely as accurate and as good uh, to get out there and be used during this response, including the TGen test. We at TGen have been thinking about the shortage not only of test kits, but also of testing capacity. So we've had a two-pronged approach. Make sure that we have not only a, a great accurate test, but make sure that we have plenty of material to do testing uh, moving forward so that we can test. Right now, we have material to test 5,000 samples. We're intending to grow that continuously during this overall response. But importantly, too, is how many can be tested a day. And we've developed a high-throughput laboratory capacity that allows us to scale up. Now we can do hundreds of samples a day, uh, and we can move to thousands of samples a day in, in pretty short order as the need evolves. It seems to me as though we're playing defense against COVID-19. Is that accurate? And if so, how far are we from being able to play offense? That's an interesting um, question is if we can play offense or defense. And I think we're, we're doing both. Uh, certainly the reactive testing whenever there's a highly suspect patient and, and the state health department's been working on that and we're, we're backfilling um, and helping with overflow capacity. But I think we're on offense now once we're doing this community level screening. We're trying to find the virus where it's present before it's starting to cause the severe cases so we better understand where it is and where to focus public health resources. You mentioned earlier that COVID-19 behaves similarly to a flu. Along that line, is this something that will be back again next year? Will it be seasonal and next fall we'll be looking at some sort of coronavirus all over again? Understanding this organism is critical. And as this virus continues to evolve, our understanding about the virus and the disease it's causing is continuing to evolve. We don't know all those answers yet. The more the more we learn, the more we see the spread, we're we're seeing it act like a seasonal respiratory virus, meaning that it is it is easily spread uh, and and is acting like what we would see in, during the winter. And so we think as it starts to warm up, the amount of disease spread will probably lessen, and it may shift to those parts of the world where they move into their winter, such as the southern hemisphere. That's exactly what happens with the flu virus and other respiratory viruses. They shift between the north and the south hemisphere. That's what gives us our seasonality. So we may likely see this come back around once it starts to 
cool down again in, in fall and, and winter. Uh, and that's also what we need to be preparing for. Who's at risk and what can people do to minimize that risk? There's certainly been a lot of discussion in the media about who may be more at risk uh, for getting serious disease. I think we're all at risk for potentially being infected, just like we would be for flu or for, for the regular cold virus. Uh, in this particular case, we see really the most devastating effects occurring in the elderly, and that's the significantly elderly, 80 and older. Uh, we're seeing much higher fatality rates than elsewhere. So that means that we really do need to focus our energy and efforts around protecting the most vulnerable. That doesn't mean that everybody else isn't at risk. In fact, we are, and we're at risk for exposing um, the elderly or people with other pre-existing conditions. Uh, so it's really important for everybody to follow those public health guidances that are coming out. They sound trite or boring, washing your hands, uh, hand sanitizer, stay home when you're sick. They're absolutely critical for slowing down the spread and helping us reduce the possibility of exposing those that are m most likely to be devastated by this particular virus. Dr. Engelfather, lots of important research going on, a lot of interesting and important research going on at TGen North and Flagstaff. Thanks a lot for being here today. Great to be here, Mark. Thank you. Dr. David Engelfaller is co-director of TGen North, TGen's Pathogen and Microbiome Division in Flagstaff, Arizona. If you'd like to hear this or other episodes of TGen Talks, visit tgen.org slash TGen Talks. TGen is an affiliate of City of Hope. Thanks for listening to TGen Talks. I'm Mark Moran.